Hey there on this June 9, 2021. It's EDB here. That's Eric Deshaun Barrett for long. And I believe you connected to this because you're ready for our Wednesday meditation, which will begin in just a few moments. Good morning. Yeah, I got my faithful ladies here this morning. The men, the men folks asleep. <laughs> you know how how they how they do this morning. Yeah, yeah, present and accounted for. Present and accounted for. Well, I start you off here. Our ladies lost last evening. And so uh we uh congratulate them on their hard work and I spoke with a couple of them well one personally the other one I spoke with her campaign campaign manager and uh like I said they did a they did a good fight yesterday so we appreciate them. Well, moving on from that, as we begin this morning, Mama Bell, we're going we gonna, to, uh, are you playing? You are. I heard you. I heard you. I, hit, I heard you hit the keys. Um, no, not right now. What do you want? Oh, oh, I thought I heard you hit the keys. Never mind. I, I just thought I heard you. Okay. What do you want? I can't. I didn't. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, we, you know, I feel so embarrassed. We didn't have our private meeting this morning. Were you playing today? Oh, yes, yeah, uh-huh. Uh, oh, I thought so. I thought so, I thought so, I thought so. I thought we had, I thought our minds were working together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she heads over there to that, that piano so she oh. don't have to sit. I don't want you to have to sit here in, in, in anticipation and wait and struggle over what you're thinking. Okay. We're going to go ahead and get it out to you. Okay. All right. But while she's making her way over there, uh, we started Sunday talking about uh, the uh, the power of just going after it. And I want to focus on that a little bit more in a minute. But what I would like to do, if I can, uh, is while you're quietly listening to Mama Bell, one minute, one minute. I would like for you to, uh, you know, get 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 a get a get a virtual hug session. That's when you close your eyes and you pretend that you're hugging your children, your grandchildren, great grandchildren nieces, nephews, aunts, cousins, all the people. And it's impossible you're not a mind reader. But I would like for you to consider as much as you can what's going through their brains. They're out here in these streets and they're trying to get something done with their lives. Would you just send up a 
small prayer for them while Mama Bell is playing. Eyes ready. Okay. You were, uh, I was, so um, passionately requesting. You may not have felt the passion. That's okay. It's still early. I ask you to think about your grandchildren and great-grandchildren, aunts, uncles, and uncles, because all the people. I would like for you to consider something with me, just for a few moments. Uh I could uh, open the Bible and bring you a biblical text. And there is one to connect with that, and I'll get to that in the end. But there are these two people, super educated, well-financed, if you will. They're up there in the 60, 70K a year mark, 
have a home, a couple cars in the driveway. They are what society would say is very successful. They can pay their own bills, their credit scores, extremely high. One of them was set to be a lawyer, had taken the entrance exam to get into law school, just a couple months ago. And I called that person to check up on them. And just so happened in passing, without thought, to say, Madam Counselor, as I was leaving, or should I say concluding the call, the response to that, piece of business was very shocking to me. She said, I don't think I want to be a lawyer anymore. And I almost dropped my $1,000 iPhone. I'm not really impressed about the price of the iPhone. I'm impressed about the fact that it broke how much I'd have to pay to replace it. And in almost dropping my $1,000 iPhone that I'm glad I didn't, I asked, or I didn't ask, I just listened to the words that she was about to tell me. She has a great job. She's not broke, not depending on anybody. As a matter of fact, the folk come to her to pay bills. Let me borrow this. Let me borrow that. And she was on her way to becoming a, a lawyer. But for some reason, she says, I don't want to be that anymore. And why is it, I wonder, why, why do you not want to pursue law school? After all, we have been having conversations now for some 12 years, to be precise, 12 years at least on this subject, and that's all I heard, law school, law school, law school, law school. And you no longer want to be a lawyer. She looked at me or she responded to me and said, I think that's what everybody wanted me to be. We trained ourselves to believe that In order for us to be a success, we have to fit inside of these parameters set by societal standards. There was the lawyer, there was the doctor, there was the educator, there was the highfalutin, the banker, so forth and so on. And so we have kind of fell into that trap. I got off the phone with her and I ended up in breakfast a couple months ago. Not months ago, weeks ago, to be honest. Maybe last week. Y'all know I don't really do time. I don't know why I keep trying. And I sat down with another gentleman, engineer, top of his class, Old Dominion University, working now for very prestigious architectural firm here in the city. 
and yet clueless. No idea as to what he's supposed to do. Again, sucked into that societal standard. Well, you're an engineer, boy. You did good. You did good. You're successful. Parents are proud. Family is proud. Church is proud. Everybody's proud except for the person that's actually doing the job. Has it ever occurred to anybody? that our pride at the expense of someone else's personal pride is probably less significant. Does it matter what makes you happy, what makes me happy, if the person who has to pull it off is unsatisfied? Does it matter if we can brag or boast about certain positions that our children and grandchildren have if it drives them to drink at the end of the day. I I called somebody afterwards and and I'm just gonna say it like this so that if I get in trouble I can say it's his fault. I called Booth, and I talked to him about it. He was telling me about if he could do some things over again. And then he said something, and I believe I've said it here before, and I'll say it again. He said, Bishop, a lot of us parents messed up. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to make up our mistakes in the eyes of our children. And it's a good, noble idea. I don't want you, young man, young daughter, young son, to live or to suffer like I did. I don't want you to have the same struggles I had. I don't want you to have to fight the same battles that I fought. I don't want you to see the same horrors I saw. I don't want you to do that. But at the same time, in trying to block them from your frustrations and your fears, in some cases, these young individuals are trapped trying to find their own identity. It reminds me of Peter over there in the Garden of Gethsemane. I told you there was a text here. I didn't tell you first because the text I thought it was a text. Funny how that happens, in full transparency. Actually, it still is. We'll get there in a minute. But Peter over there in the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus was on his way off to his destiny, he was stopped. You remember Peter took his sword out and cut off the ear 
of the centurion, the soldier who came to arrest him. It's a funny thing there, because when you look at that very clearly, I invite you, if you're having a, a few moments of your time, to go over there and just read it a little bit. Judas, if you remember, Judas Iscariot was the one that came up and turned Jesus in. He sold him down the river for a few shekels, 30 shekels, I believe it was the exact price. My biblical scholars can definitely speak more distinct to that. Peter, or Judas, should I say, that's what I'm focusing on right now, came up with the with the soldiers and it's two different things that it's very fascinating that when Judas showed up Jesus welcomed him as his friend. But when Peter went to go protect Jesus, he called him the devil. Get thee behind me, Satan. And I heard in a conversation we were having somewhere, one of my philosophical conversations, he said, it's funny how sometimes you can love people out of their own destiny. You can protect them out of their own dreams. Sometimes the hardest thing for a parent to do is to watch their child suffer, but the reality of it is is the suffering that must happen in order to achieve whatever it is they're to achieve. And I am not going to sit here and try to convince you that it is easy to watch your children suffer. It is not. But nobody ever achieved anything without suffering. I can't imagine what it looks like or what it feels like for you to watch your children cry. I can't imagine what it feels like for them to watch me cry, for them to watch me struggle. It's a heart-wrenching thing, even in my own head to sit by and watch those you care about trying to figure out and navigate through the struggles of their life. But the one thing that I learned from dealing this new journey that I'm on is sometimes you just can't fix it. And sometimes it's not for you to fix. Sometimes it's just for you to support. I've learned that lesson the hard way, trying to fix all the problems that come up. No, 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 you can't fix it. You can't shield. You have to have faith to know that they will find their way. And I say this not to be condemnational. Yes, I just made that word up. Let me write my own dictionary, if you will. Thank you for that. I said that 
because if there's one thing that cooks my goose, it's a generation of unidentified individuals. Now, before we go into the conversation about these individuals must have been black, that is inaccurate. The lawyer was an African-American female. The engineer was a white male. Both rivaling each other in the level of success. I guarantee you they could probably fight tooth and nail over who makes more money. Both at the top of their fields in the career choices that they are living in or they're operating in now. Neither of them at fear of losing anything. And yet they still have lost or have yet to find the most important piece They have no clue who they are. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. I knew who you were. But how is it that from the forming to now 20, 30, almost 40 years old, that is still an unidentified question. How are all of us running in and out of churches each and every Sunday and Wednesday, and yet we cannot confidently say we know who we are. Oh, I know whom I am. Of course you do. You were taught that. I'm a child of the king. Yes, you are. Yes. And I am so glad that you know that. That is a very good piece to know. When you close your eyes, that you will open them, and you will end up in this eternal bliss. I am so proud to know that that piece of your life has been secured. But you see, the thing is, this world down here, I don't know if I'm, please forgive me for what I'm going to say here. I don't don't even know if this is an accurate statement because even you fine folks have a long way to go. But I think that we can all say this fairly, that when you take some of you, and put them next to me, that the biological clock is to tick in the same order as which it has, one of us got a little bit more time than the other. Mm. And to sit here at 30 and 40 and some younger and have to travel another 60, 70 years with the same mindset of unidentified being unidentified, not knowing who I am, not knowing why God put me here, 
I'm not against Walmart. Walmart is a very good store, has good deals, nice little happy face on all the low prices. And somebody has to run that store, and I feel that there are people who have been destined to do that. We need managers. We need truck drivers. We need grocery clerks, farmers. We need the people to move our gas up and down the streets. We need the street sweepers and the trash collectors. All of those fine people are important. But where I have a problem is when you're only there because you feel you need to be and you're not there because you know you're supposed to be. Can somebody supposed to work in trash? Oh, yes. Ask the architect from San Diego who quit his seven-figure job just to live in a van and travel around the world collecting trash in national parks. Oh, there are people who are destined to be trash collectors, to keep our streets clean and our communities safe. The lawyer who left his comfortable practice in upstate New York to go to the middle of South Dakota just to work the farmlands. Oh, yes, there are people who are destined to do that. The gentleman who gave up his comfortable position in Wall Street who could account $2,000 dinners just to go live off of $2,000 in the middle of East Texas so that he could provide fresh groceries to the people of the impoverished and desert, food desert communities, most of them in that area by which he serves. Oh, yes, there are people who are destined to do these things. But what makes it better is when you know why you're doing it. When you look at your check and it makes sense to you. And the problem that I have with a lot of not just our black young people, I guess we can park there if you want. That's fine. But the problem I have with a lot of our young people in general is some of them still have no clue as I must reiterate, why they do what they do. And so we talk about going out and pursuing your destiny. What destiny? Go out and pursue, get a goal. What goal? Well, let me find something for you. I heard you should go do this, and I heard you should go do that. And some of them sit quietly. I know I've done it. I was talking 
in that same conversation with Booth. And I said, the good thing about African-American people is we respect our parents, unlike our other counterparts, we were not as evasive. We're not as confrontational with our parents. Honor thy mother and thy father, thy days and be long upon the land which the Lord thy God has given you. It is wonderful that we have that trait, and that is something that I hope this race at least never loses. But there's also a problem with that because sometimes you can keep your mouth shut when you should have opened it. Mama, with all due respect, and I hope that you can understand by which I'm about to say and not take this personally, but that is not my mission statement. I know that's what you feel that I should do. I know that's what you want me to do. But, Mama, that's not who I am. I wasn't wired to do that. Maybe my job, my life's goal is to be in the circus. I know that puts you down in your social circles, and, and you can't go and blab about that to your friends. I know that's something that doesn't pop up well at the circle meetings of the church council club. But mama, it makes me happy. I can eat. I can take care of myself. I have a wonderful salary that that allows me to have all the things I need to make it in this world. It gave me a good benefits package. And most of all, it gave me an identity. This is what I hope. Not that we would come and just spend our time getting people to Jews. I want you to do that. I, I feel that everybody should have that question answered in their mind. If I were to die tonight, I love that question. But just knowing that you know Jesus and you know nothing else, to me, is just as bad. Am I just living to die? Am I just sitting here for the duration? Well, if all my life is meant is to get saved and find Jesus, then I found him now. Why can't I die? For some reason, I still wake up every morning. I ask God that question. If all I'm meant to do is to go to heaven, but then I don't want to wake up tomorrow. And if I wake up tomorrow, 
That means something. I woke up that next morning. So I knew that there was something else to my life besides just being a good soldier for the Lord. What is it? Where is it? To whom is it? And maybe that jars with your religiosity a little bit. I know it can. It's it's very it's very uh, challenging of it. I I think I've spent a career challenging your faith. Please forgive me for that. Part of me is sorry. It's hard when you've been in this game 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years to now turn and look at something differently. Nobody likes change. Even the good old EDB don't like change. I turned my computer on and I saw something different this morning. I don't know what it is. Got to learn a whole new program right after I get off this call. I'm already cussing in my head. Y'all pray for me. But when you think about it, maybe if I look at this Bible thing differently, if I look at this church thing differently, if I look at this thing called life differently. For you on this call, it's it's not really about how do you change your lives. You you are, I don't want to say in the sunset, that's not fair. But I don't expect you to go out and get another career. But you're very influential. It's more than you think you know. In your tongue, mama and grandmama, is the power for me to move forward or the power for me to live in defeat. And sometimes just in a conversation that you don't even think that you're having, you just killed my whole self-esteem. If you would allow me just a moment to tell you what the children don't want to tell you. What I, if I did not have this position, probably would not even say myself. It's hard to go home and say God is leading me another way. Nobody wants to go home and tell their parents that. I don't care how saved they are. That does not fly. We got bills to pay around here, boy. What you mean God is leading you somewhere else? He better be leading you back to that Taco Bell. That's what he better be doing. Grind up that meat. Tell me nothing about you got dreams. Now, I'm not here to attack you or make you feel bad. You got problems. We all do. But if we're going to really do this Christian thing, maybe there's something to this 
idea of faith. Maybe there's something to this God thing. I ain't want that pencil anyway. Maybe it's something to this looking beyond our understanding, lean not to our own understanding. Maybe it's something to that. Just maybe. So as you go about your week, I'm going to remove myself now from your talking and listening devices. And I do so just by asking. I don't know your business. I'm not in your families. Even the families I'm in, I'm not in. I'm not asking you to go confront them. They're probably not going to tell you. As a matter of fact, I almost know certain they're not going to tell you. Some of them don't want to deal with the response. Sometimes the pressure of the response is harder than the act itself. So they walk around in silence. I'm just not going to say nothing. This this bottle of cognac, this this glass of Chardonnay, that'll solve it. Yeah, that will. We'll go get this girl. And we're going to go and we're going to find ourselves at the Motel 6. And when we get down there, I'll be able to release all of my frustration. Yeah, that'll fix it. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Go talk it out. I can't talk it out. They won't understand me. Yes, I do. I understand. No, 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 no. Psychology 101 says you don't understand until the person who needs you to understand knows that you understand. And until they know you understand, you don't understand. And so I just ask you, the old folk would say, talk to the master a little bit. He knows. He knows all the problems. He knows all the situations. He can tell you. He can help you. Ask the Savior to help you. Come and keep you. He is willing to aid you. He will carry you through. As you bow your heads quietly. As you bow your heads quietly. Close those nice pretty eyes. And you just quietly, not going to have nobody talk to you, ain't going to have nobody preach at you anymore. Just quietly see all of your children and grandchildren 
they might be at the job right now. Would you pray for them? Now that you know why you're praying for them, would you pray for them again? And then, the second piece of business, would you pray for yourselves? There's a, there's a piece in that Bible that you read, we read, that says, do not be a hindrance or a stumbling block. Now I know that that Bible has been read and has been fighting and all the other good stuff and I'll decide to talk about that later. But, but could we just for one second maybe look at that thing a little bit literally? Not just mama and grandmama, but am I the reason why people are still doing what they're doing? Am I causing it? I don't like what they're doing, but maybe I'm contributing. Maybe my friends don't feel they can come to me because I'm a hindrance to them. I ask myself that all the time. Would you consider that for yourself this morning? And in the closing now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before his glory with exceeding glory. It's the only wise God our Savior. Be glory, majesty, dominion, and power, both now and forever. And all those in agreement with that respond with a howdy. Amen. Amen. I look forward to you on Sunday. Yes.